Katie John by Mary Calhoun Chapter 1 The Voice of the Ghost Morning Katie John opened her eyes and looked at the strange room. Yes, they were here all right. She pulled on her blouse and skirt and ran out of the house. Did it really look as horrible as it had when they arrived last night? Oh, worse, Katie John groaned. It was nothing but an ugly old red brick house squatting in the sunlight. Square as a box, flat roof, not even a bit of ivy on the walls to soften the sharp corners. It was three stories high, and little hooded windows rimmed the top of the house, like beady eyes. The ugly old box was glaring at her. So, ha! Katie John glared back. Using all her fingers, Katie made a ferocious face at the house. She stretched her eyes and mouth down, shoved her nose up, crossed her eyes, and stuck out her tongue. Gah, you old house! When Mother had first told her about the house in Missouri, Katie had comforted herself that it might be a beautiful old southern mansion with high white pillars on the porch. Well, the house was old, and it had a porch, but the posts were spindly and dirty gray, and it certainly was no mansion. Katie John kicked a post and flopped down on the steps. Mainly, she was mad at the old house, because it had ruined her whole summer vacation. If it weren't for the house, she'd be back home in California right now, getting ready to go to Campfire Girls Camp up in the Sierras. Seemed as if she'd waited all her life to be old enough to go to camp. And now, when she was old enough the, to go to camp, whack, Katie be banged the step with her heel. Here she was in the backwoods of Missouri. Why, this pokey little town wasn't even on a main road. I bet they don't even have campfire girls here, she muttered. I bet nothing ever happens here. It had all come about because Great Aunt Emily, poor Great Aunt Emily, Katie corrected herself, had died and left the house to Mother. So she and Dad and Mother had driven back east to Barton's Bluff to sell the old house. It might take all summer, Mother said. Impatiently, Katie ran her fingers up through her thick straight bangs, making her hair stick up in spikes. Then she propped her chin on her hands and stared toward the street. At least this yard wasn't bad. It was big and grassy, and a maple tree lined the street beyond the fence. Katie John studied the fence. It was different from the redwood or neat white picket ones back in California. This was an old-fashioned black iron fence with iron bars rising to upside-down V's like a row of jagged teeth. The fence went all across the front of the yard and around the corner down the side of the hill. Another iron bar ran under the row of teeth, with enough space in each tooth for a foot. Katie brightened. Wonder if she could walk that fence? She ran over to it and swung up, balancing easily her head brushed the lower branches of a tree and down the steep hill she could see the Mississippi River, sparkling blue. Later today, she'd do down there. 
Katie promised herself. Right now, the fence. Katie began to edge sideways on one foot following the other. Your great uncle Dick broke his wrist doing that, a voice said calmly. Katie jerked, caught her balance, and saw a girl standing on the sidewalk. The girl had a round face with hair smoothly drawn back into a pigtail. Her hands were clasped behind her full skirt, and she looked just like a neat, plump little hen. Katie suddenly remembered that she hadn't combed her hair this morning, and she'd worn her old play clothes. How do you know? Katie demanded. What happened anyway? I know because your great aunt Emily told me, the girl said. When he was a little boy, he walked the fence, and he fell and broke his wrist. So you'd better get down. Something about the girl made Katie John feel contrary. The girl seemed so safe and sure, as if she'd never made a mistake or been scolded in her life. Anyway, Katie had made up her mind to walk this fence, and she was going to do it. Well, I'm sorry about Uncle Dick, she said, but he was probably lots younger. I'm not going to fall. She sidestepped along the fence towards the corner, and the plump hen girl followed. I'll catch you when you fall, she said. I'm Sue Helsley, and I live three doors down the street. I know all about you, too. Katie stopped. Who am I? You're Katie John Tucker, and you're ten, same age as me. You live in California. You've come to sell the old Clark house, I know, because... No, I'm not, Katie interrupted. Katie's in the house. I'm just a runaway orphan. I was hitchhiking along the road and the Tuckers picked me up. She watched Sue's eyes grow rounder. Honest? Sue's smooth face puckered doubtfully. She looked so uncertain that Katie laughed. Why, she was easy as pie to tease. So's easy, it wouldn't be fair to do it. No, she grinned. You're right. I'm Katie John. Come on up. She stretched out a hand to Sue. No, Sue started to walk away. Katie felt a little ashamed. She hadn't meant to hurt the girl's feelings. I'll tell you something. I'll bet you don't know, she offered. Sue stopped. What? When we sell the house, we're not going back to California, Katie said, struggling past a bush that was threatening to push her off the fence. She turned the corner and started downhill. We're going to New York City and live on the house money while Daddy finishes the book he's writing. Privately, Katie didn't think much of the idea. In fact, she hated the thought of moving. There wasn't much to do in her house in town. But that's where she'd grown up. And that's where all her friends were. My, Sue was sighing. All right, then, I'll tell you something, Katie John Tucker. This old house is haunted. What? Katie stopped and looked at Sue. Now you're teasing me. No, really, Sue insisted. I heard voices in there. Sometimes when Miss Clark, Great Aunt Emily, had been out in the yard, she had stopped to talk with her, she explained. But she'd never been in the house. Then one day Miss Clark had asked her to come in because she wanted to give Sue an old doll. Sue had waited in the parlor while Miss Clark had gone to find it. 
Sue's voice dropped. And while she was gone, I heard someone humming and talking softly right in that room. Oh, you probably just heard Aunt Emily. No, she was way upstairs, said Sue. And the voice was right near me. I ran out the yard, and I've never been in that house since. Voices? Haunted house? Katie John stared at the house. Now that she was around at the side of it, she saw that it wasn't a simple box at all. It rambled all over the hill at the back, and there were big brick stables behind it. Well, you're going into that house now. Show me where it happened, Katie demanded. She started to jump down from the fence, but just then a yelp sounded. They're racing up the hill, came a small but fierce-looking dog, hauling behind him the tiniest woman Katie had ever seen. The dog was a crazy mixture of Pekingese and Fox Terrier, with a crinkled peak face and a fluffy tail and a smooth terrier body in between. But the little old woman looked even more odd. Under a large white apron, she wore an old-fashioned skirt that brushed the tops of her high-buttoned shoes. Her face was wrinkled and angry, and her nose crooked over like a witch's. Ho, oh, Prince, stop, I say! As she flew along, she cried out, Down from the fence, young lady! Rack and ruin! Oh, yes, the poor old Clark place will go rack and ruin with you wild children in it! Prince, stop! The dog only gave a nasty snap at Sue and tore on up the hill, towing the old lady after him. Katie gawked. Who was that? That's Miss Crackenberry, Sue frowned for the first time. She hates children. She always thinks we're going to do something awful before we even think of it. And watch out for her precious prince. He bites. Katie watched Prince whirl Miss Crackenberry around the corner. Old Rack and Ruin. Hmm. She giggled. The perfect name for her. You'll be seeing more of her and Prince. She lives next door to you, and Prince is always digging up your Aunt Emily's vegetable garden. Katie jumped down from the fence. Never mind her now. Show me where you heard the voices. She ran around to the front door, and Sue followed reluctantly. Inside the hallway was a dim, after the sunlight. Katie stopped short. Oh, a huge animal was looking at her. Then she saw it was only a stuffed moose head on top of a hat and coat rack. She hadn't seen the inside of the house at all. Last night, when they'd arrived, she'd been half asleep, and her dad had tumbled her into bed. Now she saw a long stairway with polished banister rose to a second floor. On the left of the staircase was the room she'd slept in. On the right was a closed door. Sue opened it. This is the parlor. It was in here. She stood back. I'll wait outside. Katie pulled her arm. Come on. Voice can't hurt you. Nevertheless, Katie John tiptoed as they entered the deep room. Brown inside shutters were closed, all the windows, and in the dark, the furniture loomed under the shapeless covers. Thick tapestry drapes covered one wall. 
It was over by the piano that I heard it, Sue whispered. It was sitting on the piano bench. Katie turned, caught a glimpse of movement across the room, and gasped. A face! Then she let out a breath. It was her own face, reflected in a mirror, set back in a tall carved bureau. Or something. Anyway, it had mirrors and cupboards and shelves cluttering with vases and ornaments. Look out! She poked Sue and pointed toward the bureau. Sue looked, gasped, a little shriek, and crumpled to the floor, hiding her face. Ha ha ha! Katie gurgled and giggled. Hee haw ha! She collapsed on top of Sue, breathless with laughter. It's just a mirror! Still, she whispered through her giggles. It was all so shadowy and sort of secret in here. Sue started to get mad, but Katie whispered, I'm a ghost, in such a silly voice that Sue caught the giggles too. They flopped in a heap, squealing with laughter every time, trying to get up, but laughing and falling again. At last, they got untangled, and Katie led the way to the piano. All right now, let's listen. They hushed down and sat on the piano bench. Katie waited for a moment, but she didn't hear anything. Maybe it was something in the piano that you heard. She lifted the folded lid and touched a black key. Pong! The musical note sounded softly in the still room, but when it died away, there was no other sound. The girls watched each other with listening eyes, and then... I hear something, shh, Katie whispered. There was a little murmur, yes, a laugh, now a deeper rumble. Sue clutched Katie's arm. I'm leaving. No, you're not. Maybe it's my folks in the hall. Katie stepped toward the door, but the sound faded. Immediately, she moved back to the piano bench, and there was the mutter-mutter again. It was a voice, all right. But she couldn't make out the words. Katie slid to the end of the bench next to the wall while Sue watched her from the middle of the room. Now the voice was louder. Katie leaned her head against the wall. And she heard the voice saying, I'll go see whether Katie's awake. It wasn't a ghost at all. It was her mother's voice. It's my mother, Katie laughed in relief. She's talking to Dad. But... But that's an outside wall you're listening at, Sue's voice trembled. Katie looked at the wall, and it was then that she noticed the hole. There in the wall was a small hole rimmed with china. Come here, she motioned to Sue, and put her ear against the wall. Quiet clearly, she heard her father say, Now where's my other shoe? Sue, it's my folks talking in a bedroom somewhere, Katie cried. This must be some kind of a telephone system in the walls. Immediately, she stuck her fingers into the hole. With her fingertip, she felt a little metal passage, and she pushed her whole finger in it, trying to feel further. I'll call my folks through it here, Katie giggled, when I give them a surprise. But then she tried to pull her finger out. She couldn't. It was stuck in the small opening. Sue, I'm stuck. Help pull. A speaking tube? So that's all the ghost voice was, Sue chattered. 
Here, try to twist your finger. I should have known. Mom says old Miss Clark had all kinds of funny gadgets built into this house. Can't you pull? But Katie's finger was stuck tight and swelling. Hurry, go get my mother, Katie half giggled, half sobbed, before I grow fast to this crazy old house. Sue ran to the hall and shouted up the stairs while Katie tried to call into the speaker tube. Her finger had plugged the hole so neatly, however, her voice could not be heard. Katie's mother ran down the stairs to her in her bathrobe, crying, What? What? Who? At the sight of a strange girl in the hall. What's the matter? Katie's dad called, chattering down behind her. They hurried into the parlor, where they saw their daughter hooked to the wall by one finger. Katie John Tucker, exclaimed her mother. Are you in trouble before I can even get up in the morning? Mother, I'm sorry. It was ghosts. Katie and Sue talked at once, speaking tube in the wall, and then... Katie's mother threw up her hands. Never mind, stop. Let me get you loose, and then you can tell me all about it. She hurried away and brought back soap and a wet wash rag. While she soaped Katie's finger, Katie's dad grinned down at her. Stop wriggling, he told her mildly. The old house liked you. It was trying to get a good hold of you. Katie laughed as her sore finger slipped out of the hole, but she set her chin. Well, it hasn't got me yet. (laughs) 